Hello and welcome to The Modern Indian, episode 16. Uh, today I'm chatting with the Misfits. If uh, you don't know who they are, uh, well, you're missing out. Uh, they are Pavi and Nami. They're close friends of mine and they are also the founders of The Misfits Communications and they work with uh, brands to humanize entrepreneurs and small business owners. In other words, they do video marketing and personal branding videos like no one else. Hi, Pavi. Hi, Nami. Hi, how's how's it going? Good, how are you? Well, we're chugging through Monday, so doing well. Yay. And uh, so, Bubby and Nami, thank you so much for joining me today. I uh, really wanted to do an episode with you guys because um, we did one episode before uh, about, you know, being in nine to five, but it was kind of talk about uh, women in business, women in careers, and especially Indian women in careers. So, um, yeah, so I really thought you guys would be perfect for this. And so thank you for joining me. Um so I'm going to start with Pavi. I, you know, first thing is I really want to know your story because I know you have a very interesting story, both of you. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell us about, uh, you know, how you got to the Misfits. Uh, I'll tell you the short story. I don't want to bore anybody. <laughs> I started out like a classic Indian. I was a chemical engineer for about eight years and I got laid off in 2016. Wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I did want to talk about unemployment because it sucks. I started a YouTube channel with Nami back in in 2016, back in the day. We got pretty decent at sharing our story and talking about unemployment in a more um, sort of empathetic way, talking about actual human emotions and making 100 videos. We got good at making videos and people would start reaching out to us to ask if we could do video for them and their companies. And we were like, wait, people are going to pay us for this. This is nice. <laughs> and we decided to start our video marketing company, Misfit Communications, from that point on. And we've been in business for a little over a year. Wow. And uh, Nami, how about you? So I was a uh, different story. So mine, um, I always felt like kind of a misfit, but I just didn't know that that was, you know, I was allowed to be one. So I started, my parents actually were very much an anomaly where they never really told me, hey, you have to become an engineer or a doctor. And my sister and I kind of joke now that like, don't you wish they forced us into it? Because <laughs> we were very confused growing up. And so my sister went into like political science and French. I did hotel management because what? I know I was just like, I like food. I'm going to do this as a career. Oh, and wow, so you were in hotel management? Sorry, I had to, uh, I didn't know about this. Yeah, so I moved like all over the place. And then I, you know, like I left India when I was 12. So I went through a lot of those, like, I mean, when you come from when you leave your home country at 12, and like, I was really bullied and everything. So I went through a whole like identity crisis for a while. And so when I went to high school, I really rebelled. And I didn't have the necessary grades anyway, to get into like a crazy, like, um, amazing STEM program. So I just picked hotel management. Not that I'm saying that like everyone who goes into it is um, not very smart, but just <laughs> I'm right here. Okay. <laughs> and then um, I, so I always kind of felt inadequate because I knew that everyone else around me was super accomplished. And so even though my parents never made me feel that way, I always looked around and was like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not an engineer or a doctor like everybody else? And so um, 
yeah, I kind of like felt that way throughout my career and I forced myself to get an MBA just because I wanted to join this league of overachievers and finally feel worthy because you are you not know. worthy of us. I know. Because <laughs> as Indian kids, we <laughs> have one very particular like definition of success and I never fit that. And so, yeah, it was only like in 20, I think 2014, when I finally like after doing my MBA, forcing myself to get into supply chain and oil and gas in Houston I was like you know what I really like have not gone about my career the right way let me figure out what I'm actually good at and pursue that so I quit my entire like corporate life uh, went to work for a startup and um, I moved to Austin and then meanwhile Pavi who like we'd been best friends for a while and she got laid off um, and that's when I decided to uh, leave and come back to Houston and start something with her and that was really the first time where we gave ourselves permission to like really get adventurous and like own our misfit status. And I know we'll get into that a little bit. But yeah, that's sort of my origin story. That's that's amazing. I have to say, Nami, I kind of relate to you a little bit. I had the similar uh, feeling growing up. I was like, I have to be worthy. But it was not about being worthy for yourself. It's about being worthy for the rest of the people I'm around. And so I, I completely understand that, that feeling. And so you kind of choose a career path that you think is acceptable for the rest of them. And so I'm so glad to hear someone else also say that. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, right. uh, so I, I want to <laughs> I want to first talk about why the the term misfits. I want to talk why did you choose that 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 word? Why why what does that mean to you? What does that mean to you in terms of your company? So uh, tell us about that. Honestly, it was one of those terms that we sort of fell into even when we started our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel is called the Nine to Five Misfits, and you know we realized we're unemployed and we we are not really looking to go back into the workforce but we want to make sure we develop like actually do self-development that Indian people don't necessarily do the the fact that misfit actually means it kind of has a negative connotation where it's like oh I'm a rebellious person I don't want to fit in I don't want to be what the norm is for us it was more like we don't have a space we don't really have a home right now because as Indians we were trying to do something completely different we didn't have the career background to actually produce videos we are in our 30s starting a YouTube channel and we didn't have the support system that comes with any sort of career when it comes to Indian people we have support systems but not for this so we actually were feeling sort of homeless and that's how we started this whole concept of misfit because misfit is what that's what it meant to, to me at least yeah and it's also a lot about yeah like Pavi said it's not about being a rebel necessarily it may just be that you want to do something differently or you want to do something better than just the How status quo done, yeah. and you want to challenge it but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a negative thing right so we kind of wanted to also take those things that were perceived weaknesses for us so for example for me I always felt like a misfit because I wasn't a quant person and so when I actually decided to own that and think about why not just go into a career that's more you know taps into my creative skills that's when it started to take off and same with Pavi she always thought that she had to be an engineer. And when that didn't pan out for her, she was like, shit, let me actually tap into those things that make me different and a little like hutke, like they say. And it's all totally. about just rebranding those perceived weaknesses as strengths. Totally. And do you think that our culture kind of plays a role in it in, in making you feel like the misfit in terms of your career? 
Oh, 100%. <laughs> when, you, when you come here from India, right, and you have these uh, cultural things that already in your brain, and then you start your career here in the US. And so now you're trying to sort of fit in, but you're also the misfit because you're not, you're not from the same culture. So how do you, what, how, what's your feeling about working here and being the misfit? Okay, so with from my career standpoint, I started out, you know, I started out as an H-1B visa holder, which is like a temporary work visa. So you kind of have to work in the job that you have a degree in. So I knew not to ask any questions because I was so obliged to be in America and get a job in America that I held on to it like for dear life because I knew I can't do anything outside of the box just because it's totally out and I had to be grateful. So I started out trying my best to fit in right from that point or even through college because it just, yeah, even though I wasn't necessarily like feeling at home. And over the years, I, you know, I tried to come of my own, but it was always like, yeah, I'm supposed to do this because like my visa kind of made me think this is all I can do. And <laughs> my personality, I thought I had to be an introvert because I stayed an engineer for a really long time. I was like, oh, I guess that's what everybody does. You go into your cubicle, you crunch a couple of numbers and go back home and live an amazing life that's totally different from work. I didn't yeah. really know. So I didn't do very well with assimilating until I actually had like this breakthrough where I'm like, wait, this is not who I am. I can be someone else or you could be, you can have a different personality as an engineer. You can still bring something else to the table. Like that was another thing that I thought as an Indian, everyone I knew who was an engineer was a bit quiet and reserved and not creative and not colorful and not loud. And I'm like, wait, this, I didn't know that. I just thought that was the way to be. So yeah, it, it took me a while, but I found myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think, for me, it was very different because, uh, like I said, for, for one, I didn't have those same visa. Uh, you know, I didn't have that looming over me because I, I came when I was 12 and, you know, I had a very different life from Pavi. But what, for me, it's just, it's so funny, right? Even though nobody in my life told me you have to do this and you otherwise you'll never be successful. Um, just because that that thinking is so prevalent in our culture yeah. that even if your immediate family doesn't tell you that, you still look around and you're like, I want that because everybody else I know is making gobs of money following this very traditional path. Totally. And, so, and so maybe I need to force myself to do that. Otherwise, I won't be quote unquote successful. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, actually, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you guys. It's, you know, when you start in your business, particularly about video branding and personal branding, it's you're putting yourself out there and because you, you have to obviously brand yourself first. And that is such a non-traditional career choice for Indian women in general. So, um, yeah. So tell me about that. How does that feel? Where do we begin? <laughs> no, that one, that was probably the hardest. And I think that's the one thing that I was saying Nami or earlier today that I feel very, very, very passionate about talking about that just because, you know, going into this business, we went in with everything non-desi. Like we didn't have a degree in video or, you know, film or any of that. We also didn't have the support system because our family didn't understand. Our friends don't understand what we do. We went into the most risky business because it's a, it's starting out a startup and a company as well as we went in with almost zero to no income. So it just, it was all the things that they see 
like are there for you your support system is there if you're an engineer you have like all these people backing you up you get this good money you don't take a big risk and you're not like 30 years old trying to start something crazy so we went in with all these variables that were not daisy and i'm pretty grateful to our families now for being still there behind us and following and believing in us but that was really rough initially because we didn't have you know we didn't have what it was it normally takes to do certain things like this we weren't doing anything based on the norm which again misfit and of course like even with family it wasn't easy we're 30 years old married and we don't have kids and we have a biological clock and everyone was like making us nervous about it and you know it just yeah it makes us it was difficult yeah but to get to your uh, so you had asked about personal branding and why that's an important thing right so um, yeah like pavi said you know we were starting very much from scratch well into our 30s we had this established identity as one thing going into this business which was um you know like you're somebody's wife you're somebody's um i don't know sister you're uh-huh. you're an engineer blah blah there were all these things from our past life that had defined us and so to start over from scratch was really daunting and so the only way to do that for us was to really tell our stories and create this brand for ourselves so that not only because we didn't have that support we were like you know what let's explain to our family what we're doing and why we're doing it um so i think the youtube thing very much was a part of that and that's where it all began because um yeah pavi and i were going into it with nothing like we were, we were armed with nothing and so we were like all we can do is just tell our stories and hope that we find a tribe hope that we can make some sort of impact and find one person who's like holy shit like i completely understand what you're saying cuz i'm there and so yeah, storytelling was a big part of that and um you know creating this identity for ourselves from scratch you know reinventing ourselves um so personal branding played a huge role in that and that's how a lot of people started to resonate with our story and because of that we've kind of built a business now based on that um because you know we we talk about humanizing the brand we talk about um telling a company's origin story and who doesn't love an origin story right absolutely it's so human yeah and so we kind of take cues from how we reinvented ourselves to help companies well as you said you know remember that people like to work with people right they don't they don't necessarily it's not the brand they but they like to work with the people behind the brand say if if i'm branding myself right so and i like oh you know what my company needs branding and i i want to kind of do some videos kind of connect more with my 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 uh my clients uh, or whatever it is and so if i'm going out there to make a video uh, for myself uh if i hire uh your company right so the great way is that i want to know how you guys are cuz if you can brand yourself clearly you can brand my brand you know what i mean so in that context it's important for your you your stories to be more uh, uh sort of you know obvious and and fun and uh, relatable so that's why i said it's so important as an indian it's difficult to do, to brand to do that to to put yourself out there and cuz you have all these cultural things and then someone will look at you and call you and be like oh tumne aise kiya tha you did that and you look like this and you you talk like that and it's just so much uh crap you have to deal with <laughs> so when we first started putting out those videos our parents would literally like call us every week and be like why are you doing this why are you saying this why are you dancing in your video <laughs> 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 
Yeah. Like, I don't know auntie will find out you're unemployed. Why are you putting uh, it out? So I had, uh, I remember the first episode we did and we, we decided to uh, do like, take a really bold topic. And we talked about sex as an Indian girl yeah. and, and I rem- yeah. and I still remember that my uh some of my family members were like oh don't publish this so that you know maybe just let your friends and fa- uh, know but don't put it out there onto the common whatsapp group because then your family members will see it I'm like well that was the point I wanted and, them to see it <laughs> and it's like you see content works when more people watch it exactly <laughs> So yeah, I totally understand the point of when you choose a non-traditional career and the hurdles that you have to deal with, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's your family or your friends, uh, it's it's uh, tough. But and especially if, if what you're trying to do is not connected to either tech or if it's not uh, medicine or if it's not in like, you know, something really uh, the obvious ones, then yeah. they just consider yeah. it's not worth it. So, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I was talking to Pavi earlier and I was like, did you, when I grew up, like when I was growing up, first of all, I was never surrounded by entrepreneurs. And the only people I knew had like import-export businesses. <laughs> I was like, what is this? <laughs> to import-export. Like all the rich people seem to be doing import-export. So <laughs> that's like the only acceptable business. Or the other one was, it made a dead ka business. Uh, yeah, it's always like... <laughs> Then you're allowed to be as ambiguous and out there as you can. But And then yeah. now the, the norm is like, okay, if you don't have like this outlandish, crazy idea in tech, it doesn't mean you have a business. Like it's almost like extremes. There's nothing like here where we're trying to create almost like a media company. It's not the most bizarre concept, but we are doing it in a different way. So it's like hard for us, like, to see, to ha- again, have our our community accept what we're doing because yeah. they think, oh, you're just doing like, you must have some sort of startup or it must be your husband's business. Like, that's cute. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. It's just oh, my fun. God. Did you hear that? Did you did anyone say to you, is it your husband's business that you're taking care of or your family's business? I think they've, they've asked us, like, they've said, like, that's cute. And they always thought we were doing time pass. Oh. Yeah. You know. As wives do, type yeah. us. Or they would assume that our husbands were bankrolling our business. Yeah. So it was always like, you know, we'd hear all these comments all the time earlier when we first started that like, oh, we would do this too if we were married. And yeah. it's like, do you know how difficult it is actually when you're married to convince your husband that like, hey, BT dubs, I'm going to be broke for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's a humongous yeah. and toll and on like, your marriage. These people don't even know <laughs> be married am I right like they I was like that's step one and then you're like oh let's be married and do crazier stuff oh my god that's so true I I, I'm so sure a lot of us are relating so much to what you're saying because it's so true as soon as you say you know what I'm not gonna work full-time I kind of want to find myself and start a business that conversation never goes well for a few like you have to really convince them why you want to do what you want to do yeah especially if you were at a lucrative job in your former life and then they're like wait what now (laughs) (laughs) did you what about your partners did you did you guys had resistance from there or were they supportive or what about that um I think for me Anant was pretty supportive because he wanted me to do something different from the start because I think he would always be like why are you doing engineering you should go like to school for something else sort of you know go into the creative field again remember I was on a visa so it's not like I could 
quit my job and start something else. I had to like go to school again. So he seemed he seemed to be supportive that I wanted to do something different, but I still I was still that person who was figuring it out. Like I started with YouTube and now have a video company. So I didn't really know what I was doing or how I would get to this point. So getting like a journey is really hard on like was really hard on him because he's like what is your point? What's your end goal? Where are you going with this? So that was definitely hard but from starting something and doing something different because i came from a lucrative career i had decent savings as an engineer i didn't i wasn't as nervous going in it was more about like i don't actually know where i'm going with this and i'm going to like let myself explore again a non desi thing to do totally. we don't really explore we don't spend time figuring out what we're actually good at yeah. we just know how to eliminate what's not worth doing yeah. that's why we go them and safer things like that. I think I had more resistance from my family, not as much from my spouse. What about your family? What was the resistance that they didn't want you to quit your uh, great like, chemical engineering, engineering like, jo- uh, job? Yeah. I think it's it's a typical parent thing where they're like we sent you to college to do this and, <laughs> and sound you were following this path you're so happy, so proud of you at every party and then now I we don't even know how to introduce you to anyone. You know, my my dad would always be like, "Yeah, she's taking a break from engineering to be an entrepreneur." And I'm like, "No, <laughs> no way!" Yeah, it's like seven billion times harder. Um, oh my so gosh! Yeah, them and I think even with YouTube, it was hard for them because they're not used to like that whole public eye thing where you're telling people the deepest, darkest things that Indians shy away from. So they yeah. they were a little harder to convince until I feel like my dad's come around now now that he sees that we actually have real business companies coming and approaching us so it's it's really nice to see that and I think Indian parents eventually just want you to be happy and successful whatever that means to them yeah it's just initially they're not easy like they're not they don't like to be easy because they worked their ass off to get to this point they want it to be easier for us right they don't want us to work our ass off when they've already created this cushiony life it took them a while but yeah yeah i think for me it was different because yeah for one i i made a pretty drastic like um you know i did my mba i went and did um the supply chain job and then i just one day was like you know what this is not for me so like with pavi she got yeah, laid quit, off yeah. it was a little bit easier to digest that like it's okay if you don't want to go back to this for me it was like suddenly overnight i was like i don't want to do this and for in my head it was building up but to other people it was like wait how do you just wake up one day and decide you don't want to do this anymore and so in my case it was a little harder for my spouse and for my parents everyone to digest also because i think desi people especially and everybody but especially desi people tend to measure things in terms of money oh, right? so absolutely if, if you're not making millions of dollars from day one then this doesn't work but to get to that million dollars it takes a lot of like research and effort and blood sweat and tears and so we don't necessarily ever talk about the you know the uphill battle that it takes to get there so most people just look at the success stories and they're like why aren't you like this person why aren't you making this much money and like it's been like 2 years now why aren't you doing blah blah so you know there's this really good um, quote that i saw recently about like a stone cutter or something about like you know the stone cutter hits the stone like 100 times and it breaks on the 101st blow and that's kind of what i keep trying to tell people around me now that this is me just trying to 
hit at that stone and it'll you'll see that tipping point but you have to give me the the time and the space to let me like make the mistakes and let me do that uphill battle and i promise you that the results will come it's just you're not you're not used to seeing this because you've never been so much of a stakeholder in somebody else's you know success story before like Completely. if you look at Elon Musk or whatever i'm sure it's hard for his like parents and his wife and whatever to be like dude get your shit together but <laughs> and i assume he was like um i'll figure yeah. this out i promise but to the rest of the world it's like what a wow <laughs> <laughs> what about your parents uh, uh nami uh my parents i think my mom's always been okay she's you know she's always been more of a creative type and she saw how much i struggled at my previous jobs not in terms of money but just she saw how much it just wasn't doing for me and wasn't fulfilling me so she's always been more of a you know she was a, she's a writer and everything so she's way more into about what i'm doing now with my dad i think he thinks i'm a little crazy but uh, <laughs> yeah but he never like actively told me don't do it he's just like okay i'm going to be cautiously optimistic and watch what this girl's doing from afar but still not convinced that's true like i was i was thinking about what uh, pavi said before that uh, you know it's all everything is measured or actually you said it that everything is measured uh by how much money you are bringing in like and the success of your business is about how much you're getting into the bank and uh that's where i i find that our culture is very like we are probably the only culture that i know are incredibly risk averse and they like when you start a business i i i, I when i said you know told everyone that you know i'm going to i'm going to start on my own and i'm going to you know do my podcast and i'll have my website and i have a bunch of things i'm doing like that and they all were like how do you get money from there and how much money will it cost i'm like what the, yeah. is that the first question you have yeah. <laughs> like forget about what what i'm trying to achieve here the first question is how much money will it take to actually do this and then what are you going to get out of it and so the fact that i was so passionate about uh you know me and kritika we, we both were really passionate about bringing these topics as a conversation to open up conversations everywhere with your friends and family that these are all things that we go through but yeah coming back to what i was saying that we are incredibly risk averse right for sure i mean i we i grew up like that i i was like that or i think to a certain extent i still am like between nami and i i am incredibly risk averse compared to her i'm i think over the years i've just become more calculated with my risks i still take risks but they have to be calculated yeah. but i'm not as risk averse like i won't do something at all like the whole concept like you're saying you have to like put in some money if you want to make some money right for us our video equipment is insanely ex- expensive and we have to invest in all that before even making any money and that's something that you know i calculate that i'm i'm a numbers driven person i see that and i'm like okay wait if we just make this many videos and these many people and these many clients we will be fine like we're going to be okay it just it took me a while to get to this point because i was raised exactly like that completely risk averse don't do anything out of the box don't do anything that hasn't been done before because there's no point ruffling any feathers totally yeah i think there are so many aspects to this right first of all it's like we're desi so as a as a community we're risk averse then we're women so it's like we're not even we're not even raised in a way that we're we're not socialized to take risks we're socialized to stay in our lane and be the good indian girl and you know just like pavi said don't ruffle any feathers okay. 
And so there's just like the cultural thing plus, and then there's also the middle class thing. We're both middle class. And so when you're middle class, again, it's like, apni aukat, mera hotel. Like you're, <laughs> you're never socialized to dream big. And what? You don't like, want to do an Ekta Ambani <laughs> You know, live outside your comfort zone and push the boundaries a little bit. And so I honestly don't know where I got that. Like, I, because somehow I developed that over the years. Um, or maybe I was always like that, but I just figured out that it was more acceptable now because I'm an adult and I can make my own decisions. But um, yeah, like it was never ever something that was taught to us. We actually had to like, also like now we have to do that for each other where we're like, you know, like sometimes there are times when Pavi's like, dude, just like you take, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't get. So let's just cold email this person or blah, blah, blah. And then there are times when I have to be that person who's like pumping us up but yeah we're definitely not getting that from anybody around us absolutely yeah they're very uh it's just not about risk averse like they just don't want as you said they don't want us to deviate from the path that they think is the best for you because as a woman you have so many other priorities uh than you know thinking about your your success or your business and and that comes back to the same point that we made earlier that the jobs are it's not about you making a career making something out of you it's just about oh yeah time pass you can you can figure something out when you have kids and you just want some time to kind of you know for yourself so that that comes from there and so but yeah it's I mean it's anyway it is so challenging to for a woman to to be successful and 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 have their own career and kind of go for their dreams and think big and then on top of that you're you're an Indian woman who anyways dealing with the patriarchy to begin with and now they have to so yeah so the whole thing is very uh, it's scary but I'm glad that you did <laughs> go for it and <laughs> and it, it's going well you know okay I'm gonna put everything on hold uh, family you know having kids and all of that and then I'm gonna focus on my career focus on the business I'm gonna start put everything into that and uh, and also to kind of change your mindset that whatever your parents or in-laws or whoever they are say should not matter for some time yeah that takes that that's taken us a while to like learn to sort of not develop a thick skin but just sort of realize that they all mean well they come from a good place they only know what they know it's our job to educate and is it even worth educating some people maybe not like don't invest your time if it's not worth it yeah we've taken our time to realize okay i can tune this out i can educate this person things like that actually had never had a discussion with our parents about just like anything right we we just kind of started this thing put it on youtube just waited for our parents to like <laughs> yeah. we never actually had a discussion with them about hey this is what we're doing so then we had the great idea to like film an episode where we were literally having a conversation with our parents for the first time ever about what we're doing on camera on camera oh where is where is this video is can i see it is it on youtube yeah it was a whopping like one hour and 30 minutes so we edited down to eight minutes (laughs) (laughs) whoa there was a lot of cursing and lots of uh, me getting did pissed at my dad so I wasn't gonna put that on tv oh my god so, so what happened on that video I think we let it all out and again it was the same thing like Nami's upbringing is different and mine's very different like my parents are super involved in my career and my life like they've made all these decisions 
um, for me. And they've, um, and also like for, for being a female child, my dad is very involved. So that was, it's very different for me to not understand that my dad didn't understand what I was doing. Cause I was like, you've been so involved in my career and my college. And like, you came to every college to see where I should be going to school. Like you're so involved that I'm really upset that you're not involved in this, Aww. you know? And it was, the first time we had to have that conversation being like, hey, we're doing something different. You have to give it that respect and not just make it like, oh, she's fine. I'm, I'm not stressing because her husband's fine. And, you know, kind of getting my dad to be like, no, actually, I'm doing this all on my own. And I do have a support of a, of a loving husband, quote unquote, but it doesn't mean he's backing my ass up and like paying for everything, right? Like he's, I'm actually still taking care of myself because I understand like that's something you taught me. And now it's not like you raised me to do this and then you dumped me on a guy, right? So okay. I think it was one of those things where I had to have a heart to heart with him to be like, Hey, I'm doing something out of the box and I want you to be as involved as you were before when I was an engineer where you led me and you helped me with homework assignments and stuff. Like just because you're not a videographer or a video marketer doesn't mean you shouldn't help me. Um, so it was one of those discussions that I should have had behind closed doors, but I just was having it in front of everyone. <laughs> not cooler than honestly my dad is someone he has such a bad temper but he came around the next day he was the first one who invested in our business he bought us like a project management software tool so it was very emotional for me that day because i i expect him to be like that same dad that raised me and was super involved um so yeah so that was my like i said it wasn't a funny story it was just like my dad I think he's I mean in general he's always been more of a traditional dad where it's like we're not going to talk about feelings and stuff like that so but it was funny because there was one point in the video where Pavi asked him (laughs) she was like uncle what did you think when uh, Nami decided to like leave her job and (laughs) go into quit her job and have this quarter life crisis and he was like I thought it was dumb. <laughs> All right, then I've never heard this before. But I'm saying it for the first time on camera. That is so okay. I need to go and check that video out. I'm uh, I'm going to only say the eight minutes of it, but I I bet it's funny. I I would love to see so that. We left that part in there, so you can see. Yeah, you can see. You're like oh, all right, that's not right. I I love our parents. I have to say, I love our parents because they they have such a dichotomy. Like on one hand, they want you to be all power and successful and you know follow your dreams and all that and they'll support you in any way they can and on the other hand they're like now you are your husband's problem and I'm like I'm like you just raised me to be all powerful and successful so what's going on here yeah yeah like they only do it to a certain extent and that's sort of what I I realized too like even as raising two kids like that were both girls like for me I was like oh I thought they made me feel like the world is my oyster but they limited my world and my oyster to, like, <laughs> so I was like oh, that's what you did that's yeah I had like I have two kids too and and I remember when I like because when I have them, my brain always tells me, okay, don't be your parents, don't be your parents. So every time I would say anything to them, I remember that what I felt when I, I got advice from my parents. So it's it's amazing. So anytime I have to tell my daughter, I'm all feminist to her. I'm like, you know what, you know, you do you, uh, you know, you 
do you want to start your company? Do it. If you want to be, so she came, comes to me and she's like, I want to be an astrophysicist. I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. But so the Indian in me was so happy, but then I had to like curb it and say, you know what, that's a great idea. And you can change your mind if you want to. So I felt so, so uh, proud of myself that I was able to hold back my Indian side and be like, yes, my daughter wants to be a scientist. I'm going to have to limit that oyster for my kids. <laughs> you, you really, it, it's so, it's so hard for me to not turn into my mother. And so I, every time I would see her and I would want to say something and I'm like, please don't be your mom. Please don't be my mom. And so it's, 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 uh, so yeah, you eventually do turn into your mother. So it's, it's coming. <laughs> but yeah, that like the other thing I wanted to talk about you guys is the the fact that your parents and your or in-laws or your husband, the family, it's when you start a business and you have to put all of it into it, you know, your time, your efforts, your money, everything into it. Uh, you kind of have to put everything else on a back burner for some time. I can imagine that. Right. And so how do you do like I want to hear each of you actually that how do you create that family balance and while you're listening to your your parents and in-laws talk about you know focus on your family too and your biological clock is ticking and you have to be you know have kids by the time you're 30 and all that how do you deal with that while you're focusing on the business um I think for me the easy part was like having you know a supportive spouse that gets it I kind of use him as a shield for a lot of what my in-laws tell me because I'm like hey talk to him (laughs) so I feel like that was that's been one of those things where they do talk about you know you should like buy a house and settle down and live in like in a nice area and do all these usual things have your kids and uh, you know you can work on your business you know do your business from home so you can kind of do this while raising children I get a lot of that and I do get that from my parents but I think for my parents I have it has become a little easier for me to talk to them about that because they've seen how hard I've worked in the last two and a half years starting this more than I've ever done as an engineer that I think they understand this is my baby and they have um, sort of been pretty open-minded about that like they don't annoy me about okay uh, you need to have like 12 children right now or why are you putting like all of this uh, like why are you not making the money you need the money once you're older you won't be able to work like why are you doing this now things like that I feel that's been a little bit easier for me to handle just not maybe initially because they wouldn't understand what I was doing but now they see how hard I work yeah with my in-laws I I try to have conversations to try to explain to them what I'm doing but they're completely removed they live in India they've never visited the states and stuff so it's a lot harder for them to understand and that's why I kind of use my husband as a talking piece because I do not want to um, have to explain so much to them and I want like their son to explain certain things because it's really hard to tell them yeah you because like as the female I'm the one who should be making the kids and you know sort of like raising them right it's not something that the son can do but then it I think it has more weightage coming from him so I've used a lot of his services (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's 
it it definitely is hard because I can tell that people are always disappointed around me. And I, I don't think this is as hard a conversation just with my family. It's really hard with our friends. Too. Yeah. I have more friends that are in our Indian community that are incredibly like, I don't want to say judgmental, but incredibly like, um, what's the word? They force you into asking, like, do you not want a normal life? Do you not want kids? What the hell like, is do you not normal want- life? Do you not want to be happy, like sort of thing where, you know, because because that's what they have. And I I think it's it takes a lot out of me to have to explain sometimes to them be like, I don't know how to explain to you that this is my kid. Like I am watching it 24 seven. This is giving me a lot of happiness and I should not have to try to explain to you. But I try to have like more discussions like this, like what we're doing now and trying to make people think that, hey, just that normal to you is not my normal I just want to do it differently yeah yeah I think yeah for me it's it's still a struggle like it's still sort of very conflicting because yeah like you said right what is normal because I actually got this question um you know my mother-in-law very I mean obviously like not in a bad way but she asked me you know don't you guys just want a normal life like and I literally asked myself this. I was like, what is normal? Like at that moment in my head, I was like, I don't even know how to answer this question <laughs> because I don't know what normal is. And so, um, and it's kind of, you do feel guilt because you do feel like I I wish I were normal. Like I yeah. wish I could give my family and my husband and my in-laws like what they want. And sadly, I'm the only one who can because... I like my husband, like Pavi was saying, my husband can't carry babies and stuff. But that is also the entire point that if I do take, I'm not at this point, I know I'm not ready for kids. It sucks that there's a biological clock. And I wish that weren't the case. I wish I had figured out my my career path like 10 years ago. But, you know, I am a 35 year old woman. And yes, people constantly remind me that um, I'm like my, biolo- my bleh, biological clock is running out but at the same time it's like I don't know what to do like I don't know what to tell you because I'm not normal like I'm not the type of person who wants to prioritize kids and that doesn't mean I never want kids either like it's it's not one or the other right it's just I just want time to actually focus on my career right now and then I'm the kind of person who wants to hack the shit out of everything so like anything I do I want to do it really well find a really unconventional way to like hack it and optimize it and then move on to the next thing so right now that's my career and once I feel like I have a handle on it is when I want to do parenting and I want to do that really really well too yeah this is where I I also get a little um, upset that it's not just your so it's okay it's Somehow you can try to understand if your parents are doing it or your in-laws are doing it. I get really pissed when I see my friends do it. I'm like, you people are my generation. So stop. And yeah. that's where I kind of put. And, and again, so it's everyone has their own path and their own journey and, uh, you know, having a career. And I can tell you from my experience, your career takes a backseat and it really, really hurts when uh because the kids will take priority and all of that so it's always the grass is always greener on the other side so um i i remember because i took a break uh so i had kids at at, at very early in my life and so my entire 20s and early 30s were just taking care of kids so i missed out on a huge chunk of my time where i could have you know pushed my career to a whole other level and so 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 yeah so so my path was different it just 
So something has to give, right? So for me, my career took a backseat and that was, you know, it's, it is what it is. And so I always tell people, I'm like, what is it of anyone's business <laughs> when we have kids? <laughs> so I get really, uh, that actually does upset me when I hear that, uh, you know, your friends or your, and people who are in your generation, they should really be minding their own. Yeah. And the biggest thing I always get is people are always like, oh, there's never a right time. But I'm like, okay, but there is definitely a wrong time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I you hear have you. Raising kids when you have a business. I totally hear you. I mean, imagine this, you're trying to shoot and you're trying to like uh, come up with a strategy and here you get a call is like, oh, by the way, your kid needs to be picked up from the daycare. It's like, (laughs) it's not happening. And so, yeah. I agree. It's a PSA for all our friends. Come on. You guys. <laughs> don't start yeah. don't start asking your friends to have kids because unless you are planning to support them 100% yeah. in childcare, yeah. I have a friend and she has the same issue, right? She she didn't have kids and she wanted to focus on career so she was doing that and I asked her that, you know, so I me and her were were very close. And so I remember that I had my my first child before her. And so her mom was like, look, your best friend had a kid. And my 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 friend comes to me and she's like, oh my God, I'm never going to hear the end of this. And I said to her, I'm like, look, unless she's planning to take the kid and give you 100% full childcare and support, then tell her that. That if, if that's not happening, then unfortunately right now you're not having the kid. So totally understand that. But yeah, I hear you. The the, the judgment never ends, does it? Nope. <laughs> so let's move on a little bit. I want to dive deeper into what you guys do. I want to talk about personal branding because okay, um, I'm going to admit something here. I have never been good on on TV, which is why uh, I do podcasts. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm great at talking, but if you put a YouTube, if you put a video in front, or sorry, a camera in front of me and try to take a video of me, yeah, that's not going to end very well. So. What do you have to say about personal branding? So if I want to brand my my podcast, what would you say to me? So personal branding is exactly what it is. It's just your brand, right? Everyone is their own company. Essentially, you have your own story and you have your own brand. So the way we look at it is your resume is sort of your personal brand, but we, we've been redefining personal branding to take elements of your personal and professional life. So it's your story, but with actual elements of what brought you here today. Like what made you you? Why are you in this career? It's not just because of your degree, but it's like other stories that could be personal. So we started out, like like uh, Nami said, we started our own story through YouTube and we we started doing that. And then we got into video, which is which I think for us, I don't know if it was our personalities that we kind of fell into place. We, even at like, house parties and stuff we would always be like the the two you know the like I don't know if you've seen Marvelous Mrs. Maisel there's like where she teams up with a guy in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and she starts going to parties and does like stand (laughs) Stand up up. yeah I have to see that one we're we're kind of like that where we would be at parties and people would just kind of watch us just be super animated and make jokes and do things like that like we would we're both like enjoy dancing and we'd make jokes and we're pop culture driven so there was something about us anyway we had some sort of presence so I think for us the camera wasn't hard to be in front of we still sucked but we weren't scared of it. does that make sense <laughs> yeah. you guys are awesome thank, oh, you. thank you we we better know it now <laughs> 
everyone so okay there are sort of two elements to this right i think personal branding really is about i mean even what you're doing shipra is still personal branding because you're still getting out there you're telling your story you're creating a certain image of yourself right. that somebody can associate with this is shipra mathur like these are the things that are important to her uh-huh. um but it's yeah so when you do that through video i think it just adds another dimension because then in in this day and age already there's so much information out there about you but you know so much of it is kind of two dimensional so when people see you on video it's like oh i can see your mannerisms i can see um what you look like what you dress like all the stuff and that kind of adds an element of like it helps like build trust right and so um one of the things that we do with our videos for work and how we started doing this was um we just kind of had an instinct because this is how we build trust and built an audience by just telling our story and being honest and so when we first started going into it as a business um we started doing a lot of like videos for entrepreneurs small businesses realtors stuff like that like basically people who had to go out there um tell their or like build you know i guess go out there and find their own clients and where they weren't making a product but they were actually offering a service and a large part of that was them right and so like a realtor you know you're going to you're going to go with a realtor you trust not necessarily a realtor who's like sold 500 houses right. and so um a lot of people don't understand that they make um decisions like based on emotion rather than on logic right and so even with husband for example i asked him i was like how do we pick our realtor and he was like oh cuz she was nice and i trusted her and i was like see it's not because you never said she and he's an engineer like he's such a quant person yeah. but even to him it mattered what her brand was even even if it wasn't necessarily on video it was just what how you represent yourself is your brand right and so if you can do that more often like online through video or through podcast then that's even better right so what what would be your tips for someone who wants to do some uh, per, like for example if i have a service not a product but a service and i come to you and say i have my podcast and i want to do some personal branding i want to do some videos and again i want to stress on the point that i'm not a video person uh, so <laughs> how would you what would you say to your client if i come to you and say i would like a video for me for personal branding to try it out but i'm horrible at taking you know at at uh, at recording myself. Well, I think for us like our clients, we coach them on video. So we would need to see you first <laughs> because we're, we're pretty decent at coaching our clients. We we literally keep alcohol on deck in case people are super nervous. <laughs> oh man. We are pretty um we we keep it super easy for the client to basically make them feel like they're actually our friends because that's part of why you get really nervous with a camera cuz you think something's watching you and you're not okay with it but the minute you feel at ease you kind of become yourself so we do a lot of coaching based on that sort of how we started out being more chatty with our videos that's how we got into like doing videos for other people so a few i know you're asked about like tips so you know something that your audience may find useful so for one we always say we always say this like picture the person who you feel the most comfortable talking to whether it's your spouse your best friend um your mom like anybody think pretend you're talking to that person and pretend like i know it's hard to to pretend that the camera is not there but 
if you sort of get in that zone of like what when are you the most comfortable and in your element like just try to do like a mental exercise and yeah take yourself like transport yourself to that place in front of that person and then also just like authenticity i know this is a term that gets thrown around a lot but it's actually true when you feel like you have to be somebody else it you do clam up because you're like oh shit i'm not going to say the right things i'm not going to have right. the right mannerisms right and one of the things that we literally like we had this doubt before we started our youtube channel i was like who's going to listen to a bunch of indian girls with accents and that was so dumb like that was such a stupid thought to have because you know people will accept you there is an audience for whoever you are so if the entire point of a personal brand is to tell your story and to talk about who you are as a person like showcase your true personality because that's what's going to help you you know make that connection with the right audience so why not put the most real self out there and there's such an appetite for that nowadays completely yeah so if i if you have to give me five or our listeners five tips so one you said that to be comfortable you need to uh, you think about the person or thing or place that makes you the most comfortable and think about that or talking to that and the second you said that we um to uh, be be authentic, authentic be yourself be authentic and what else what are the other tips you can give us for personal branding specifically Specific. on video yes So I would say with your story and what your branding is about I would double down on what you're good at and talk about that. So it's it's not necessarily like I'm awesome, I'm perfect, but more about again the wording matters, but do highlight what you're awesome at. Even if it's something from your personal life, it matters. Like if you're a good roar and you are also, you know, a CMO of a company, those are important things to talk about because they do cross over into your lives. and i i would always talk about your skills but not in a cocky way <laughs> right so um apart from personal branding i know that you guys also do uh, uh marketing for the brands so i wanted to know in the end uh would love to know what misfit communications is like what all you guys do what you want us to know what you want our listeners to know uh you know your 2 minute uh, elevator pitch go for it Okay, so we are Misfit Communications, a video marketing company based in Texas. I guess Austin predominantly. We make employer branding and personal branding videos where we humanize the people behind the brand through storytelling and video. So employer branding being, uh, you know, for talent acquisition to attract and retain employees for corporates and mid-level, mid-sized companies, and personal branding videos, particularly for small businesses and entrepreneurs. Sounds great. Nami, you want to add anything? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that makes us unique is that that misfit word is really um, important to us because our life didn't take off until we actually rebranded our weaknesses and made them strengths and owned our misfit status. So that's kind of what we help other brands do because everyone feels like a misfit in some capacity. Totally. So we help them kind of highlight that as their superpower. That sounds great. Um again, thank you so much Navi and uh, Nami and Pavi and I had such a good time listening to you guys because uh I know we guys have been talking about this for a while but this was great to kind of talk about all the aspects of why it uh we are the misfits. And again, thank you so much for joining me. Bye. Thank you again for having us. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening. 
I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please don't forget to subscribe to The Modern Indian. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and every other place you get your pods. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you.